Hey, good morning and welcome to Victory Church Online. Let me say, first of all, Happy Easter. Happy Easter Sunday morning. Let me welcome all of our Victory Church family, as well as welcoming anybody that's visiting today, whether you are in a different state, a different city, or maybe you're right here in Rutherford County. We are so blessed that you would choose uh, to worship with us this Easter Sunday morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the privilege to pastor Victory Church. And normally we meet in Rock Springs Middle School right here in Smyrna, Tennessee, 930 every Sunday morning. We're a church plant. It's been open for a little over two years and God is doing some great things. And so once again, it's such a blessing to be able to be in your living rooms, to be able to be on your cell phones and just worshiping together this Easter Sunday morning. I understand that church is very different today than normal. Uh, I mean, come on, it's Easter Sunday morning and every church building is closed. But hey, even, even though the buildings are closed, I'm still seeing ministry happen all over the world every day. I mean, just to give you some examples, you're seeing ministry happen all over Facebook and Instagram. People are ministering to their friends and their coworkers and people they don't even know through video devotions and through encouraging graphics. And so it's really cool to see there's ministry happening right now uh, or, or with people in Zoom meetings in the small group format all over the world. Of course, people are being ministered to by our nurses and our doctors and every individual that is considered an essential worker. We thank you for what you're doing. You are ministering to so many that you don't even know. And then outreach is happening again all over the world. It's just happening with people wearing masks and standing six feet apart but they're feeding and they're helping people that are in need. And so even though the look is different, the feel is still the same. It's still Easter Sunday morning. Jesus is still risen and ministry is happening all over the world, even though the church, the building is closed because we are the church. It's Resurrection Sunday. And I understand that a lot of you might not even know what that means or, or why we call it that. And so I want to do two things this morning. One, I want to help you understand why it's called Resurrection Sunday, as well as give you a different perspective on this Sunday so that you'll see it differently from now on and what your involvement is with it. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 16. Mark is a book in the Bible in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you'll find Mark. Turn to chapter 16 if you have a Bible. If you don't, you can Google it on your phone, Mark 16. Uh, if you don't want to do that, the words will be on the screen with me. And so we'll start reading at verse 1. We'll read a few verses and then we'll skip around and talk about it. So Mark chapter 16, verse 1 says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Siloam bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body because Jesus has died for our sins. He's died on the cross and they've taken his body and put it in a tomb, buried in a tomb, and they are going to anoint the body of Jesus. This is very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, the tomb where Jesus' body was. And they asked each other, hey, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Because this, this stone is large. So which one of us is going to be responsible for rolling the stone away? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. This was an angel. Don't be alarmed, he said. Watch this. This is my favorite part. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. Here's the big part, right? He is not here. 
You're looking for him in his tomb, but he is not here. See the place where they laid him. You'll see his body's not there. Jesus has risen. This was the greatest news of all time then, and it's still the greatest news today. So, hey, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look at somebody that's near you. Look at people in the room. If you're watching online by yourself, screaming out the car window, roll your window down, open your bedroom window and scream out. It's both the title of my sermon and it's the title of the series that we're starting today and that we'll do for the next four or five weeks. You ready? Here we go. Tell them, pass the podium. Pass the podium. That's the title of today's sermon as well as the series. You know, being quarantined as we have been, my wife and I, we have two little girls, 10-year-old and a five-year-old, and we've been trying to figure out creative ways to not only be engaged with our kids during the quarantine, but also to have fun, right? We don't want to always do stuff that is boring to us as a parent. I understand we have to it sometimes, but we're like, all right, what can we do with our kids that we will enjoy as well? One of the things that we figured out uh, that we like to do and they like to do was throw a Frisbee. We have this little white Frisbee. And so we would go out into our backyard and then we would just toss the Frisbee together. And we, you know, I would throw it to Veda, Veda throws it to Darla, Darla throws it to Casey Ray and so on. Casey Ray is my five-year-old. And so the more and more we would play, the same routine started happening. Casey Ray would get it, my five-year-old, and she would throw it to me, but she wouldn't make it very far. And so she would take off running and get to the Frisbee before me. I actually just got tired of chasing it all together. So she would throw it, run to it, pick it up and go, I get another chance. And she'd go back and she'd throw it again and it wouldn't get to me. And she'd run back and get it. And I said, hey, Casey Ray, listen, if we're going to play this game, at some point you have to pass it to me so that I can have a turn to play, right? Because here's the secret to any game that involves passing something. You've got to pass it to me. And in order for me to play, I got to be able to pass it back, right? Allow me an opportunity to play the game. Now, this is one of the reasons I love Resurrection Sunday. Listen, Good Friday is the day that we celebrate the commemoration of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. You have to understand that this all began because God sent Christ, John 3, 16, to die for our sins so that we could be reunited with God. He died for all of our sins. You'll see this a little bit later for you and for my, for all of our sins. Sunday is the day we celebrate his resurrection. And here's what I believe. I believe it's the day that Jesus got us back in the game, right? So so he died for our sins, but he resurrected so that we could walk in freedom and so that we could be back in the game. I just love that thought. And listen, this Sunday, if, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, this is going to be the Sunday, the best Sunday for you to do that, for you to believe that Christ died for your sins. And I also want you to believe that Jesus not only died for your sins, but he resurrected so that you could walk in freedom and so that you could get back in the game. Listen to this. Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, and Jesus' ascension was not the end of Christianity. It was just the beginning. And in the same way, your salvation is not the end of your Christian walk. It's just the beginning. And that's what I want to talk about just for a moment this morning. As we read in the beginning of Mark 16, Jesus has resurrected. That's what we're celebrating today is Jesus's resurrection. And I believe it's your ticket back in the game. I believe it's Jesus empowering you and getting you off the bench and not only forgiving you of your sins, but putting you back in motion, operating under the power of God. And so we're going to see that in the rest of Mark 16. After Jesus resurrects, 
He comes back for 40 days. He spends with his disciples and those that are following him. And then after those 40 days, he ascends to the right hand of God. But there's a couple of things that Jesus does with his followers during this time. And I want to look at those things, just three things real quick. And I want you to understand that Resurrection Sunday is not only about him dying for your sins and resurrecting for your freedom, but he's ascending for your empowerment. All right. So here we go. Number one is this. Number one, Jesus said to them. Okay. So Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, say this. He said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Watch this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be Save. Now, water baptism is that moment. It's the billboard of your faith. It's the moment where you're telling the world that you've been saved. And so he's saying, if you will believe, whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then these signs will accompany those who believe. So those who believe, not only will you be saved from your sins, but there will be things that will accompany that salvation. Watch this. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So Jesus resurrects and he says, listen, anybody who believes in me will be saved. But not only will you have salvation, but you will have all of these things with salvation. You know, I couldn't help but wonder, if you're one of these disciples, if you're one of these believers, the moment Jesus died, you had to think that your calling had been canceled, right? I mean, the, the one that you're following, the one who's saying all this, the one who's empowering you, everything he said is, is now turning into more of a, a lie because he's dead. And so there's just a moment where you might think, hey, my calling's been canceled or, or my purpose has been postponed. You know, we're seeing a lot of things canceled or postponed right now. We're seeing the Olympics postponed, the NBA postponed, movies being postponed. There's a lot of things being postponed. And I, I could just see the disciples at that time when Jesus' body is being taken off that cross. You know, they're looking at each other going, man, if there was ever a time where our purpose feels postponed, it's right now. And I love that the very first thing Jesus does after he resurrects from the grave, he visits them and he says, hey, I'm here to reiterate. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to show you that your calling has not been canceled. Matter of fact, your purpose hasn't been postponed. We are right on schedule. Listen to me. This Easter Sunday, you need to hear this. The church has not been canceled. It has just been commissioned. The church hasn't been canceled. It's been commissioned. Jesus, look, he says, I'm leaving. I've got to go. And, and here's what's going to happen when I go. When I go, you're going to be the person to pray. You're going to be the person to perform miracles. You're going to be the person to model out this whole Christian thing. I've been doing it for three and a half years. I've prayed, Jesus. I've prayed. I've performed miracles. I've modeled this. And now it's your turn. I've got to go, but it's your turn. It's our turn to pray. It's our turn to perform miracles. It's our turn to encourage our neighbor. It's our turn to operate in hope. It's our turn to model out Christianity. Okay, listen, The I get it. Easter Sunday, the production does not look the same, but the power is more available than ever. I continue to hear stories 
like crazy of people who are operating in that power of God, people who are operating in their purpose and their calling right now in the midst of all of this. I was talking to a friend of mine and because his kids are home and because him and his wife are home, uh, and normally they're not home a lot together. You know how it is. They have teenagers and normally teenagers are gone and they're busy and they have work schedules. They've been able to start a Bible study together. And so they started this devotional together and you can comment on the devotional and they can see each other's comments. And he says, we've never been able to do anything like this before. And they're able to do it because of what's happening right now. I heard a story from a lady in our church. There, there was another lady that she was looking for toilet paper and she could not find toilet paper anywhere. And, and the lady heard about it. And so she knew where to find toilet paper. So she went and bought some and then she took it to her, right? I mean, that's ministry. That's, that's performing miracles. That's uh, encouraging people. That's, that's giving hope to your neighbor. I heard another story about a man in our church who he, at his job, he's in a bunch of Zoom calls and there's a bunch of guys on the screen. And he, as it started, he was the only guy that would have hope. He was the only guy that would be, uh, you know, excited or, or encouraged. And so the more and more they had Zoom calls, the more and more that the guy started to look towards him to see how he was doing, to see if he was excited, to see if he was hopeful, to see if he was encouraged. And then they would be encouraged. We, we got a story last week about a young lady that was watching online from Arkansas. And the Lord started speaking to her heart about what she was going through. And she said, I started putting post-it notes all over my house. Do you understand that more than ever, we are moving in the power of God? More than ever, the church is being mobilized. We're seeing miracles because we are mobilized. And this is what Jesus was saying. He's saying, look, I've got to go and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and I'm going to see you do even greater things than I've done. I'm going to see you pray for people. We have more people praying for each other than ever before. I'm going to see you perform miracles. Taking toilet paper across town to someone who needs toilet paper is a miracle. It may not be someone getting out of a wheelchair, but it's a miracle in the eyes of God. A family doing a Bible study together and conversating about that. That's a miracle. We're seeing hope instilled. We're seeing people be encouraged more than ever. Watch this. The church buildings are closed, but the church is moving and it is alive. Jesus died for our sins and he was resurrected so that we could come alive and more than ever we are alive i love it it's incredible and hear me whether you've been a christian your entire life or whether this is the first time you've ever watched a church service and maybe today you'll give your heart to the lord god wants to use you god wants to use you and it's not listen the christian walk is not just about salvation there's more. I'm going to show you. Paul writes about this in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. Watch this. He says, we are confident that you are meant for better things. I could preach a whole other sermon on that. You are meant for better things. Not only has God got plans for you, but he's got plans of blessing for you. And if you will give your heart to him and follow him, you will experience the better things that you are meant for. But that's another sermon. So Paul goes on to say, we are confident that you are meant for better things. Watch this. Things that come with salvation. So there's salvation. That, that's the number one focal point of Christianity, that we were saved from our sins by the death of Christ. But there are things that come with salvation. There are things that accompany salvation because Jesus was resurrected. So he died for our sins. He went 
into the grave for our sins, but he came out of the grave for all of the things that come with salvation. And more than ever, we need to be operating in the things that come with salvation. When I was a young kid, I would play with action figures. You know, um, I don't call them dolls, they're action figures. And so I had, you know, X-Men was a big thing for me, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, uh, you know, those kind of things. And, and then when they originally were making action figures, you know, you normally just got the action figure himself. You got Wolverine or, uh, you know, Michelangelo or whatever it is. But the more that these, these toy manufacturers developed, they started adding stuff with the action figure. And so to give you an example, you, you would have an action figure, but he would have all these weapons included in the packaging. So in the packaging, you'd have the figurine, but then beside him, you'd have these weapons, right? You'd have nunchucks and you'd have, you know, a slice of pizza and you'd have a shield. And it had all of these things that came with the action figure. And then it, it continued to develop to where eventually I had action figures that came with different heads. And so you could take off a head and, you know, he'd be happy and you could put on a, like an angry head or, or you could take off a, a face that didn't have a mask and you could put on a head that had a mask and, and then eventually it became you could change their bodies I mean it just grew on and on but these were the things that came with the action figure listen we are saved right when we accept Christ as our Savior that's us that's who we are we are bought by blood we are a Christian we are a Christ follower but because Christ resurrected from the grave there are things in the packaging with us there are things that accompany us. There are things that come with us. We have the power to encourage. We have the power of generosity. We have the power of prayer. We have the power of prophecy. We have all these abilities that come with us because Christ was resurrected from the grave. So yes, we are saved by the blood of Jesus, but there are more things that come with our salvation. And that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples in Mark 16. He said, hey, I died for your sins. I resurrected for your freedom. And now I'm going to be at the right hand of my father. And there are things that you have that came with salvation that you need to start operating in. You start praying for people. You start telling people about Jesus. You start sharing your testimony. You start giving hope. You start giving encouragement. He's saying to them, go and be the church. Isn't that incredible? Resurrection Sunday is all about us going and being the church. And what better time to be the church when the church itself in the building can't be the church, so the church, us, has to be the church. It's incredible. He said to them. Number two, he sent them. So first he said to them, go and pray and go and believe and go and share and go and do. Second, he sent them. So Mark chapter 16, now we're looking at verse 19 and 20. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. And then watch this. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. So Jesus said to them, you need to do this. And then Jesus goes to heaven. And then as a result of Jesus leaving, then they go out. Jesus says, hey, three and a half years, y'all, I've preached. Three and a half years, I've prayed. Three and a half years, I've modeled Christianity. And if I don't go, you will keep letting me do it. Right? Oh my, this is so good. Catch this. Jesus said, there's a, there's a verse where Jesus says, it's better for you that I go because then I can send the Holy Spirit and you can do it. 
Jesus says, if I stay here, you will just continue to follow me around and watch me do it. But if I go, you will have to do it. Can I give you a word real quick that I believe God's got on my heart for all of us? There are a lot of people that have been watching the pastor do it. There's a lot of people that have been watching certain church people do it. And God said, if I have to close down the church building, I will so that you will go and do it. There's no better time. I don't think God caused this, but I think God allows things so that we can be mobilized and we can experience God in a new way and we can be used by God in a new way. Now is the time. Watch this. Now is the time to start living what we have been learning. A lot of us have set set under the word of God for, for years, months decades. And we've learned a lot about the gospel. We've learned a lot about Jesus. We've learned a lot about his disciples. And now is the time for us to start living what we've been learning. You know, one of the most popular things right now is the Zoom app. And in case you're not familiar with it, it, you, you can jump on this app and you are in a video conference call. And I think you can get up to 100, maybe even 400 people, depending on how much you pay. And at the beginning, there was like 300 people that had subscribed to Zoom, that had paid for a membership to Zoom. And because of COVID-19, millions of people have, have uh, prescribed to or subscribed to the Zoom app because it's the only way to really have a conversation right now. And, and, and so here's how it works. It's pretty cool. So there can be a meeting going on in another city or another state, maybe even another country, and you can get this meeting ID. You take the ID and you put it in the Zoom app and it, you know you click a couple buttons. And then, so if, if you were in on the meeting, all of a sudden, boom, there you are. And you go from being on the outside looking in to being actually in the meeting. So here's what, here's the connection to Resurrection Sunday and the concept of the Zoom app. When, when you became a follower of Christ, when you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus was your Lord and Savior, you were given this ID, right? You were bought by the blood of Jesus. And you went from being on the outside looking in to being on the inside. You went to being working with Christ. You went to being used by God. When Paul is writing to the church in Rome, he says something I thought was really cool in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He says, the Spirit of God, all right, so, so the same Spirit of God uh, who raised Jesus from the dead. So the same Spirit that we're talking about right now that raised Christ out of the grave, that same Spirit lives in you. The, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ out of the grave lives in you. Look at the person beside you. Say, it lives in you. It lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living with you, within you. So, so the same, so these, the very spirit of God that raised Jesus out of the grave and resurrected him lives inside of me and lives inside of you. The problem is we keep looking at the packaging and we're doubting what's on the inside. Uh, at the beginning of this quarantine, Casey Ray will only eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And at the beginning of this quarantine, everybody kind of freaked out a little bit, uh, grocery store wise. And me and my wife, we couldn't find any like n- normal bread. And and that's all she'll eat is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So we were like, we got to do something. And I remembered that Casey Ray will sometimes eat the Hawaiian rolls, the little Hawaiian slider rolls. And so we went and there was some packages of that. So we grabbed some of those and took them home. And it came time for lunch or dinner, whatever it was. And, and I got one of the Hawaiian sliders out and I put the same peanut butter 
that she always eats. I put the same grape jelly that she always eats on the slider. It was, it's just bread. And I put it on a plate and I put it in front of her. I said, there you go, there's dinner. And she, and she looked up at me and she said, excuse me? Like, what is this? And I was like, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And she says, it's not. It looks nothing like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was like, I understand that. But if you'll just taste it, you'll see that it's the same exact thing on the inside, right? It just looks different on the outside. Hear me. The same spirit that was inside Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that's in you. Think about that. I understand that the package looks different. I understand that you and I look different. I understand that that everybody looks different. But inside, we are operating in the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's why when we become mobilized, we see miracles. That's why with the church buildings closed, more people are coming to know God than ever before. That's why you're watching this video right now. That's why you're going to have an opportunity today to give your heart to Jesus, to start living in the hope and the grace of God because the church has become mobilized because we're starting to realize that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit inside of me. I just want to tell you that this morning. The same spirit that we're resurrecting today is the same spirit that's inside of you. So Jesus said to them and then he sent them. And then here's one of my favorite parts of this. He worked with them. Watch this. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 20, towards the end says, And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. I just love that idea. Jesus says to them, hey, go out and do miracles. Go out and pray. Go out and give hope. Go out and encourage. Then he sends them. He says, hey, I've got to go. I'm leaving so that you will go out and become mobilized. But even though he was leaving, he still worked with them. And I just, that was the most encouraging part for me. I know a lot of us are like, how do, how, you know, you're, you're telling me that I'm mobilized and that I'm, I'm supposed to pray for people and encourage people. I don't even know how to do that. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to, we're going to touch on just that. How do you, when do you, what do you, we're going to touch on all of that. But I just love that Jesus says, Hey, you're not alone in this. I'm going to work with you. I think everything that God does is, is about our relationship with him growing closer. Again, this whole concept about you being commissioned, you going out and sharing the gospel, sharing your testimony, everything about it is, is the, the underlining of it is so that you would grow closer to God. When I first read that, when I read that Jesus worked with them, it, it reminded me instantly of this story. I shared this story with our church uh, about a year or so ago, but I just think it's such an on-time story for you and for me and for what's happening today. Uh, there was a story that I read about a man named Tim Jones and his wife, and they ended up adopting a little girl named Susan. Now, the deal with Susan was she had been adopted before, and the family that adopted her before had returned her. And Tim, after adopting her, kind of found out from the system that what would happen is that when the original family that had adopted Susan would do anything as a family, they wouldn't allow Susan to participate. So they adopted her, but anytime they did something with their biological kids, Susan wasn't able to be a part of it. And so, for example, one of the things they did every year is they went on a family trip to Disney. But when they would go, they wouldn't take Susan. So they would come home and they would be looking at pictures and videos and telling stories. And so Susan would hear all about Disney, but she wasn't able, able to actually be part of Disney. 
And so, as we said, the family eventually ended up returning her back to the system, and Tim Jones and his wife adopted her. And so he found all that out, and once he found that out, he, him and his wife said, we're going to do everything we can do to take her to Disney. We want her to experience Disney. And so a couple years go by, and they, they get the money saved up, and they get it planned, and they got the date set. Everything's ready to go. And the week before they're going to go, Susan starts acting up like she had never done before. She is just you know, terrible, terrible acting. She's never acted this way. And so, you know, Tim and his wife are trying to figure out what to do about it. And they're getting closer and closer to the day that they're going to go to Disney. And they thought about canceling the trip and they say, no, and they don't tell Susan that they're just having discussion amongst themselves. And so it's the night before they're supposed to leave to go to Disney. Tim goes upstairs to put Susan to bed and he sits down on her bed. And Susan starts to cry a little bit. She looks upset. Tim says, what's wrong? She says, I'm not going to Disney, am I? He said, why, why would you think that? And she goes, well, because I haven't been good. And he looked away for a second. He said, you know what, Susan? He said, you're right. You, you haven't been good this past week. He said, but Disney is a family trip. And you're a part of the family. And so he kissed her goodnight, gets up, leaves the room. Next morning, they wake up and she wakes up. Susan is a totally different person. She is just grinning ear to ear, right? And she gets her bag packed and they're going through the airport. She's got her bag and she's leading the way. And, you know, they get on a plane, they get to Disney. They spend the whole day at Disney till the park closes. They're exhausted. They get back to their hotel room. Mom and dad are just, they are just beat. Susan is just jumping off the wall. She's so excited. And she starts to calm down. They get ready to put her to bed. Tim goes in, puts her down, uh, you know, puts her down for the night. And, and as he gets, kisses her goodnight, says, hey, did you, did you have a good time? Did you enjoy it? She goes, I had a blast. Susan said, that was the best day of my life. And Tim's like, you know, that's great. Gives her a kiss, good night. He's headed out the bedroom door. And Susan says, hey, wait a minute, Dad. And Tim turns around and he says, yeah. She goes, Dad, I realized something today. I realized the reason I got to go to Disney. And Tim says, oh, yeah? Well, what was it? She said, well, I realized that today I didn't get to go to Disney because I was good. I got to go to Disney today because I'm yours. That's such a powerful thought. Can I tell you something today? We get to be a part of this because we're his, not because we're good. We get salvation because of him, not because we're good. We get to pray for people because of him, not because we're good. Everybody listening today, listen, you get to experience the salvation and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, not because you're good but because you're his. Every mission, every purpose, the calling on your life is not because you're good, but because you're his. And I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus died for your sins. He resurrected for your freedom. He ascended for your empowerment. He said to you, he sent you, and he's working with you this Resurrection Sunday. I want to give just a moment for any person that's watching that you would say, you know what? I, I want to experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. I want to experience that grace. I want to be his. How do I do that? How do I become his? The Bible says you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, which means you just believe that Jesus died for your sins, that God wanted you so bad to be his, that according to John 3, 16, he sent his only son to die on a cross so that you could be his. So you believe that and you say it, Jesus, right now, I believe you died for my sins. 
I believe you came and climbed on a cross so that I could be God's. You erase that sin. You just, you just say you believe that. You believe it in your heart. You confess it with your mouth. You pray it right now in your own words. I believe my God is so big that it doesn't matter how you say it. He can meet you right where you are. What an incredible opportunity. What an incredible moment that this morning on Resurrection Sunday, maybe you're watching later on that night. Whatever's happening right now, you have an opportunity to be able to accept Christ as your Savior because God wants you to be His. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, if, if maybe you didn't pray that prayer, but you're really interested in knowing more about it, we have set up something just for you. Um, right now, you'll see a number on the screen. If you can text VICTORY18 to that number, what's going to happen is it's going to come, there's going to be a little digital uh, connection card that'll come right to your phone. Gives you the opportunity to give us a little bit of information. You'll see a little checkbox where you can check. Uh, maybe you accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you'd like to. Maybe you'd like to know more about it. And that'll come directly to us. And we can have some of our team follow up with you, pray with you, encourage you, maybe explain uh, salvation a little bit more to you. And then probably one of the things I'm most excited about is we can start following up with you over the next few weeks during the whole COVID-19 experience. So again, what, what a great opportunity. What a great moment, right? Thousands of people all over the world are watching services like this today. What a moment you could have to look back and say, this was the day that I received Christ as my Savior. That's all you do is you just pray a simple prayer right now. Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that I'm a sinner. And I believe that God sent Christ to die for my sins so that I could be His. You say those easy words. You believe it in your heart. And then if you'll just fill out that form and send it to us, we'll be able to contact you and walk with you, pray with you, and answer any questions that you may have. Secondly, to, to everybody, including those of you that just received Christ as your Savior, I believe that the church is not closed. I believe it's commissioned. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk right here at 9.30 every morning. We're going to talk about how we do that. How do we share our story? How do we share our testimony? When do we do that? Why do we do it? What do we say? I believe, I've been saying this from the beginning, that, that because of all of this, we were going to see a revival. Now, I know you've heard that word a lot. That word revival means to bring life to something, to bring strength to something. And so I think the revival is going to be in our marriage. I think it's going to be in our parenting. I think it's going to be in our, in our finances in every area. I think we're going to see revival. But I also believe this, that the next great revival that we're going to see is not going to be the result of a sermon or a good song or a conference. The next great revival is going to be because ordinary Christ followers share the gospel with their inner circle. That's what God's going to do through all this. It's going to be incredible. Hey, thank you again for joining us this Easter Sunday. I thought it would be great for us to just close for a moment, praying again for our country, praying 2 Chronicles 7.14, praying over our president, our government officials. So would you join me real quick? Lord, we thank you right now for this Easter Sunday. We thank you for every person that's watching online. Lord, we thank you for those that gave their heart to you this morning. We thank you for those that they're just, they're wondering, they're thinking about it. We pray that you'd continue to speak to their heart. Lord, right now we pray 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek your face, God, you're going to hear our prayers, you're going to forgive our sins, and you're going to heal our land. We pray for our country right now. We pray for our president, every government official, every nurse, every doctor, every mayor, every leader that has to make decisions right now. We pray for every person that has the virus or that's been impacted by the virus. 
We pray for your healing touch on every one of them. We pray for direction. We pray for discernment. God, we pray for peace over anxiety and depression. And we pray that you would continue to move people towards you and you would continue to heal our land. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.